This episode of Getting the Word with Truth's Table is brought to you by IVP. We live in a world of options where we might do this or that if we feel like it. But for followers of Jesus, certain things are not optional, but necessary. Keep listening to find out more about Necessary Christianity by Claude Alexander and by Truth's Table. If you've been blessed by these daily audio Bible podcast readings, please consider supporting Truth's Table on Patreon at patreon.com slash truthstable. This is IVP. Get in the Word with Truth's Table. Your word is truth, your word is life. Presented by Innervar City Press. Your word is truth, your word is life. A daily audio Bible podcast read by Dr. Christina Edmondson. And Akemeni Uwan. Let's get in the Word, and may the Word get in us. Open our eyes, that we may behold wonderful things in your Word. Old Testament reading, Proverbs chapter 14, verses 1 through 21. Every wise woman has built her household, but a foolish woman tears it down with her own hands. The one who walks in uprightness fears the Lord, but the one who is perverted in his ways despises him. In the speech of a fool is a rod for his back, but the words of the wise protect them. Where there are no oxen, the feeding trough is clean, but an abundant harvest is produced by strong oxen. A truthful witness does not lie, but a false witness breathes out lies. The scorner sought wisdom, there was none, but understanding was easy for a discerning person. Walk abreast with a foolish person, and you do not understand wise counsel. The wisdom of the shrewd person is to discern his way, but the folly of fools is deception. Fools mock at reparation, but among the upright there is favor. The heart knows its own bitterness, and with its joy no one else can share. The household of the wicked will be destroyed, but the tent of the upright will flourish. There is a way that seems right to a person, but its end is the way that leads to death. Even in laughter, the heart may ache, and the end of joy may be grief. The backslider will be paid back from his own ways, but a good person will be rewarded for his. A naive person will believe anything, but the shrewd person discerns his steps. A wise person is cautious and turns from evil, but a fool throws off restraint and is overconfident. A person who has a quick temper will do foolish things, and a person with crafty schemes will be hated. The naive have inherited folly, but the shrewd will be crowned with knowledge. Bad people have bowed before good people, and wicked people have bowed at the gates of someone righteous. A poor person will be disliked even by his neighbors, but those who love the rich are many. The one who despises his neighbor sins, 
but whoever is kind to the needy is blessed. Nehemiah chapter 5 through Nehemiah chapter 6 verses 1 through 14. Nehemiah chapter 5 beginning at verse 1. Nehemiah intervenes on behalf of the oppressed. Then there was a great outcry from the people and their wives against their fellow Jews. There were those who said, With our sons and daughters we are many. We must obtain grain in order to eat and stay alive. There were others who said, We are putting up our fields, our vineyards, and our houses as collateral in order to obtain grain during the famine. Then there were those who said, We have borrowed money to pay our taxes to the king on our fields and our vineyards. And now, though we share the same flesh and blood as our fellow countrymen, and our children are just like their children, still we have found it necessary to subject our sons and daughters to slavery. Some of our daughters have been subjected to slavery, while we are powerless to help, since our fields and vineyards now belong to other people. I was very angry when I heard their outcry and these complaints. I considered these things carefully, and then registered a complaint with the wealthy and the officials. I said to them, Each one of you is seizing the collateral from your own countrymen? Because of them, I called for a great public assembly. I said to them, to the extent possible, we have bought back our fellow Jews who had been sold to the Gentiles. But now you yourselves want to sell your own countrymen so that we can then buy them back? They were utterly silent and could find nothing to say. Then I said, the thing that you are doing is wrong. Should you not conduct yourselves in the fear of our God in order to avoid the reproach of the Gentiles who are our enemies? Even I and my relatives and my associates are lending them money and grain. But let us abandon this practice of seizing collateral. This very day return to them their fields, their vineyards, their olive trees, and their houses, along with the interest that you are exacting from them on the money, the grain, the new wine, and the olive oil. They replied, We will return these things, and we will no longer demand anything from them. We will do just as you say. Then I called the priests and made the wealthy and the officials swear to do what had been promised. I also shook out my garment and I said, In this way, may God shake out from his house and his property every person who does not carry out this matter. In this way, may he be shaken out and emptied. All the assembly replied, So be it. They praised the Lord. Then the people did as they had promised. From the day that I was appointed governor in the land of Judah, that is, from the twentieth year until the thirty-second year of King Artaxerxes, twelve years in all, neither I nor my relatives ate the food allotted to the governor. For the former governors who preceded me had burdened the people and had taken food and wine from them in addition to forty shekels of silver. Their associates were also domineering over the people. But I did not behave in this way due to my fear of God. I gave myself to the work on this wall without even purchasing a field. All my associates were gathered there for the work. There were 150 Jews and officials who dined with me routinely, in addition to those who came to us from the nations all around us. Every day, one ox, six select sheep, and some birds were prepared for me, and every ten days, all kinds of wine in abundance. Despite all this, I did not require the food allotted to the governor, for the work was demanding on this people. Please remember me for good, O oh my God, for all that I have done for this people. Nehemiah chapter 6, verses 1-14 through 14. Opposition to the rebuilding efforts continues. When Sanballat, Tobiah, Geshem the Arab, and the rest of our enemies heard that I had rebuilt the wall and no breach remained in it, even though up to that time I had not positioned doors in the gate, Sanballat and Geshem sent word to me saying, Come on, let's set up a time to meet together at Kephirim, in the plain of Ono. Now they intended to do me harm. So I sent messengers to them saying, 
I am engaged in an important work and I am unable to come down. Why should the work come to a halt when I leave it to come down to you? They contacted me four times in this way and I responded the same way each time. The fifth time that Sembalat sent his assistant to me in this way, he had an open letter in his hand. Written in it were the following words. Among the nations, it is rumored, and Geshem has substantiated this, that you and the Jews have intentions of revolting, and for this reason you are building the wall. Furthermore, according to these rumors, you are going to become their king. You have also established prophets to announce in Jerusalem on your behalf, who have a king in Judah. Now the king is going to hear about these rumors. So come on, let's talk about this. I sent word back to him. We are not engaged in these activities you are describing. All of this is a figment of your imagination. All of them were wanting to scare us, supposing their hands will grow slack from the work and it won't get done. So now, strengthen my hands. Then I went to the house of Shemaiah, son of Deliah, the son of Mehetabel. He was confined to his home. He said, let's set up a time to meet in the house of God within the temple. Let's close the doors of the temple, for they are coming to kill you. It will surely be at night that they will come to kill you. But I replied, should a man like me run away? Would someone like me flee to the temple in order to save his life? I will not go. I recognized the fact that God had not sent him, for he had spoken the prophecy against me as a hired agent of Tobiah and Sambalat. He had been hired to scare me so that I would do this and thereby sin. They would thus bring reproach on me, and I would be discredited. Remember, O oh my God, Tobiah and Sambalat, in light of these actions of theirs, also Noadiah, the prophetess, and the other prophets who have been trying to scare me. This is the word of God for the people of God. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word. Let us go boldly to God's throne of grace. Covenant-keeping God, I thank you, O God, for your word. Thank you, O God, for this, these passages, O God, in Proverbs, O God, in Nehemiah, O Lord. Thank you, O God, for the constant reminders to do good to the poor, to look out for the poor, to look out for the marginalized, not to despise the poor and love the rich in return, O God. Help us, O God, to love the poor, to love the marginalized, O God to have a humble and sober estimation of ourselves, not to think more highly of ourselves than we ought to, not to think that we are better than anybody based on the uh, amount of money in our bank account, based on status symbols in our life, based on the occupations that we have, based on the people we know, based on whom we are connected to, oh God. Would you help us, oh God, to think of ourselves with sober judgment, knowing that we are no better than other people and that people are no better than us, oh God. We know, oh Lord, that, that uh, your love, your love and your, your justice, oh Lord God, is with us all, oh Lord, and we know that you are the God of the oppressed, oh God. Would you help us, oh Lord God, not to put up stumbling blocks in the way, oh God, of those who are oppressed, of those, oh God, who, who may not have come yet to know you, oh God. Would you help us, oh God, to be a people that, exude love, that live justice, who love equity, who love righteousness, oh God. Would you help us, oh God, to live in that way? God, and I pray that the task that you've given us to do, the assignment that you've placed on our lives, the purpose that you've given us in our lives, oh God, we know that we will meet opposition. We know that it will, we will meet opposition, oh God, from, some, from supposed friends, oh God, 
from frenemies, oh God, from actual enemies, oh God, and or from, from people that we may even be related to. Sometimes it really do be your own people, oh God. Would you help us, oh God, to have wisdom and to have uh, the tenacity and perseverance to stay on mission, oh God, not to swerve to the left or to the right, not to be taken out or down or distracted by uh, detours or by um, suggestions to, oh, come down from the wall so we can go do such and such. Oh God, no. Would you help us to keep our eyes on the prize and to do what it is that you've called us to do, oh God, in this time that we are living in, oh God? And would you help us to be resolute in doing what you've called us to do? And would you help us to do it with a spirit of excellence, trusting in you, trusting that your good hand is upon us just as it was upon Nehemiah, God. Be with us, oh God. And if, we, and if somebody under the sound of my voice doesn't know yet their purpose, they don't know their assignment, um, they don't know what you've called them to, God, I pray that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you will make it evident to them that you will send people to confirm uh, the gifts that they have in their lives, to confirm the calling that they have in their lives externally, oh God. And I pray that internally, the Spirit will begin to speak to them about what you've called them to do about the purpose that you have for them, the plan that you have for them, the assignment that you have for them. Make it abundantly clear, O God, and confirm your word to them, O God. I pray all of this in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus. Amen. Life in God is less about what you could do and more about what you must do. Contrary to the life of the optional, accidental, and haphazard, the believer is called to live with a sense of divine necessity. No maybes about it. In Necessary Christianity, Bishop Claude Alexander unpacks the gospel statements of what Jesus said he must do. He must be about his father's business. He must go through Samaria. He must go to Jerusalem. Learn what is necessary for us to follow Jesus. As a listener of this podcast, you can get 30% off plus free U.S shipping when you use the promo code the word that's promo code t-h-e-w-o-r-d at ivpress.com we pray this time of getting the word with truth table has encouraged us all to not only be hearers of god's word but doers share your reflections on these scriptures with us on twitter and instagram using the hashtag get in the word and hashtag truth's table saints Whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Go with God. Get in the Word with Truth's Table is a production of InterVarsity Press. For 75 years, IVP has created and published resources that deepen lives for Christ to engage the university, church, and the world. Visit ivpress.com for more information. Our Bible reading plan is from biblestudytogether.com, and the Bible version is the new English translation used by permission. Sound engineering is from Pottery Studios, and our executive producer is Helen Lee.